This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you're listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today, my guest is drummer Daru Jones. Not only is Daru known for his signature sound and unique setup, he's also known for his work with people like Jack White, Bootsy Collins, Kanye West, Pete Rock, Gloria Gaynor, and so many. Throughout the course of his career, he has received rave reviews from publications like Rolling Stone, LA Weekly, the Los Angeles Times, and USA Today. He's also appeared on several TV shows like David Letterman, The Colbert Report, and an amazing performance on Saturday Night Live. So if you want to support what Zach and I do here on the podcast, you can join Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash working drummer, where as little as a dollar a month gets you access to all this educational content that we've been creating over the years with past guests. All these things are really helpful and usable on the gig or whatever the situation is, and we're always adding new content. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can make a one-time donation through our PayPal account. You can find that at workingdrummer.net. Daru is an example of somebody that is much more open and receptive to conversation than you would expect, especially with his somewhat celebrity status as a drummer, uh, whether it's from his playing, his unique setup. Uh, he's just an open book with all these things. And I, I, I so appreciated just him being candid about some of these very personal things. He's also an example of the way a music scene can change and grow in such positive ways. So you take a city like Nashville that has a very unique thumbprint in the music industry and how it can change and mature and evolve with great talent like someone like Daru Jones. But I so enjoyed speaking with Daru and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Daru Jones. Speaking of Nashville, I was I was at Forks yesterday, and uh, the guys were telling me about the new PDP kit uh, recently, and uh, they were showing me pictures because I, I mentioned that I was going to be speaking with you today, and uh, they said there's throws on the toms. I mean, tell me about that. That that seems crazy, and like, what's going on with that? What was the inspiration for that? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a good question. So. Um... I'm excited that I have another kit. This is my second kit with PDP via DW drums. It's the Darwin Jones New Yorker show for DJ and Y. And this is two. And this comes with a blue fade. I nicknamed it Nashville Blue because of um, 
the, the original drum kit is a New Yorker, but they just added my name to the, you know, to the branding of the kit. And yeah. since, you know, since I'm currently in Nashville these days, I was like, you know, Nashville blue because I'm here. And also the blue color um, was inspired by when I was tour with Jack White, we had an aesthetic on stage and off stage where the entire stage is covered in various colors of blue, you know, yeah. um, very, various shades of blue. And in, in our dress code, we would wear, you know, between blue, white and black. And um, that was really cool. Just, just you know, if you if you if you if you're familiar with Jack and the White Stripes, Jack is always about like having that that color aesthetic, you know, to his different albums and projects. And as you know, the White Stripes were you know, you know, um, red and white. Yeah. And so Jack solo records, it, it had all the you know the templates, and and it, he stuck with like a blue a blue aesthetic. So when we performed, that's what we we would wear our outfits would be, you know, between that color scheme and also on stage. So I was like, oh, okay. It'd be great to have a drum kit because I knew I was going to be touring with Jack again because we had the recording. And um, I was like, man, it'd be cool to have a kit that I could use on tour. And although this drum kit, you know, it's a portable vibe, um, you know, was the, 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 the bass drum is 18 inch. On the, on the first tour that I did with Jack White, we would do B shows, you know, it would be like these random, <laughs> random shows that you had to look for, like they would tweet it online 30 minutes before the show. So we did, it was a show at the laundromat. We performed at a gas, at a random gas station and also like at a record, record, you know, at a record shop. So I just wanted to have a drum kit, you know, made for the tour in case that happened on this tour. And, um, which we ended up using later on when, when you know, when, when we, as they sent me like prototypes of the kit to use last year on the tour. But anyway, as you said, the difference between this new kit and the other kit, the first kit that I did with PDP, it was um, black with gold sparkle fade. And now, you know, I wanted to kind of have like a kit that looked good, that had a stylish, you know, swag to it. And it, as you know, the PDP, um, those drum kits are travel based to put, bags, everything's lightweight. You kept care from shoulder to shoulder. So the difference between that kit and this new kit is the color, obviously. And like you mentioned, each of the the drums can be you know made into a snare drum, which they call snom, which is snare and time together. So they call them snom. Yeah. Um, and I I was excited when I heard that DW was doing. That. I was like, man, for my next kit, I want to have that aesthetic because sometimes when I'm playing, especially in a hip hop setting. Those producers, they don't just use one snare drum for the album. They they are sampling, you know, snares and kicks from, you know, it might have been the drum kit from Funky Drummer from Clyde Stubblefield drum kit, yeah, or in Peace the President and and those different tones. So when I'm playing live, I want it's it, it, so I don't have to detune my main snare drum. I can just turn the throw on on the rack time. Now that's a snare snom, and I can get a different tone, the same as the floor time. So that was the whole vibe was to be able to have options and also for people to be able to explore and, and, and find their identity and just see what else combination that they can, they can do with those drum, you know, we're having those options as a snare drum in the floor time. Yeah. And it seems like that's been a trend the last maybe 10 years is not only do you have a side snare, but then I've seen people use where that first floor time would be. You've got the snare drum there. So people are experimenting with different snare tones and having it accessible uh, in lieu of like an electronic pad or something like that. It's like, let's have something that looks great on stage, is fun to play. And of course, with things like Big Fat Snare Drum, 
and all these other, you know, great things. Uh, Bald Man Percussion are friends of mine. And I know mm-hmm. you worked with those guys closely. And I mean, yes. what, like we're expanding the palette on an instrument that some would say, you know, was 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 great in 1935 you know (laughs) we're still using the same thing uh you know with with with, uh and and but i think that what we're finding in in the different trends is this is actually probably going to be something that's going to be around for a long time these different snare tones and uh yeah you're the tip of the spear here man yeah you're making these changes it's really great oh i'm I'm excited i'm 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 definitely um i like where the drumming community is going because as you know you know during the 80s you know they were phasing live drums out and everything was becoming you know um sequenced yeah. with the drum machine you know what i'm saying and and although they had you know they had the um electronic drum kits the simmons and all and so on and so forth you know it's still not like having that real you know like that you know because the simmons drums were cool but I, I, I'm, I never really used them, so I don't really, I just feel like doing ghost notes, you know, yeah. it's just different when you're hitting those hard pads versus hitting like a, like, like a, like a mesh head that kind of feels like a real um, drum, drum kit. Does that make any sense? Does that make it, sense? You, you know, I, I played my first gig last night. We did, I did a private gig and mm-hmm. they had an electronic kit at the venue and it was mm-hmm. the mesh head rolling kit. And uh, I mean, I've played them a little bit, you know, at, at, at different drum shops and stuff, but to actually do a gig and be in that mindset while you're playing, it was, it, it took a little bit of adjusting, but the sensitivity is to a point where, uh, for the most part, it worked. I think this, my biggest complaint is probably the symbols, you know, uh, I'm, I'm oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I've, and there wasn't, I, I didn't have it set. I didn't have a time to like really figure it out, but like I was trying to choke the crash symbol and it, <laughs> it wouldn't choke. <laughs> uh, well, what we're looking at here, man. Oh my this. God. <laughs> okay. So on your, on this, on the zoom call, you're sitting behind this rolling kit and it is set up. A la Daru Jones, man. <laughs> really cool. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, shout out to Roland. You know, um, I've actually been, I'm trying to get this situated so everybody's in the frame. Um, but yeah, a crazy story. I remember I, I I remember getting this kit almost a little over a year ago, and um my first time getting this set up. Okay. My head is my head is cut off. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember I remember getting this kit and um and it was just in my living room, you know, yeah. but I was on tour and I just never had a chance to break it out and, and um shout out to Roland, you know, for you know for the partnership that I have and me, by me being an artist on the roster, you know, they really they supported the the, the um Field of Dawn tour last year with Jack White and I tell people, um, this is the first time that Jack White used samples for a project. He's normally all acoustic, but since he's used samples for the project, I had to, you know, expand my drum kit and, and add, add, you know, add electronics. So Roland, you know, they they were able to, you know, um, prepare, you know, give me give me sorted out with the with the one shots. They got the SPD SPD one, yes, one shots. So I had a, I had a few of those, and then I had the I had the um, XPDS um, regular sample pad. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. This is my first V-drum kit. <laughs> and I've always wanted a V-drum kit, you know, ever since I, I, ever since they came out. And I'm so grateful, you know, to finally get one. And I had, I had um, James Hayton, which is the artist relations in Nashville. He actually helped me install this yesterday. So we, we just put it up. So this is brand new setup just from yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It's yes. so funny. So funny to see that after uh, my experiences. And then, and it's so, what's so interesting is, is that my, my gig tomorrow and Saturday are like these acoustic things where I'm using a 16 inch floor Tom as a kick drum. So I'm going from wow. one extreme to the other. Um, but uh, listen, you've made yourself available to, for interviews and podcasts and so much. And uh, you know, on behalf of the drumming community, I, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for doing that. And, and there's just so much ground covered uh, my friend Sarah Hagen interviewed you uh, for her sure. backstage. Yeah. So we're part of the Drum Click Network, which includes uh, Sarah's podcast. Uh, I encourage okay. everyone to check out that interview with you. And 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 I kind of, I'm sure we'll get into some territory that she covered, but uh, because she did such a great job, I kind of want to steer things maybe a little bit uh, aside from what she did and one of the things I'm wondering if you could talk some about this. You've uh, I'm you've described yourself as an introvert uh, to, to different people, and um, I'm I'm just curious, like how someone navigates the industry as an introvert, because you know so much of this of success in this industry uh, is is based on relationships with people, and how do you do that as That's that's such a good question, Matt. And and thank you a lot. I appreciate the compliments. I'm ex I'm I'm grateful to be on your platform. Much respect to you and what you do as a drummer. You know, we all out here trying to, you know, trying to survive and, and keep the lights on. Yeah. But yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I guess nowadays I'm just trying to guard my energy. And that's um, you know, that's through the years, you know. Um, and it's hard, like you said, to navigate in the industry where we have to be, you know whatever's going on is, is it would be great to, you know, um, respond as a, like a family member. You're like, if, if, if you with your band and everybody's hanging out, you don't want to be the, well, what do they call you? Like, um, I'm, I'm at a loss, loss for like, like a recluse or not be involved or. Yeah. Kind of, kind of recluse, but I, I just, I just, I just try to find my way to leash your face. And show my support and just and then leave because um I don't know. I don't I'm I'm not a drinker or smoker and I, I, I that's something that I've never done. And I I don't there's no diss to any anybody that do that, but mm -hmm. more more than likely that's what hangs entail. So, you know, I'll just be there sitting kind of bored, unless unless, you know, people there talking about music or, you know, something that I'm interested in. But I don't know. I just try to guard my energy and I, I think um I think that's worked, you know, for me with helping me make, you know, certain decisions and just being conscious of um, being responsible because if I'm on the road and I know I'm traveling to another city, I know I need to get some rest, some sleep. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Some people can, some people can hang out all night and party and do that and, and keep it moving. But for me, you know, if it, I, I want to be able to perform at my highest level at a hundred percent and not have to depend on Red Bulls or, you know, other outside influences to help me get to the show. You know, I want I want people to be able to feel the raw energy of me playing, you know, from from natural, natural, not with any other substance. So 
all all of that things entail, you know, the decision that you made la- yesterday is going to affect, the, the, you know, the next day. So if you don't get the proper sleep <laughs> the, the, the day before, then the next day you might be grouchy, you know what I'm saying? And you may have an attitude and, and that's, that energy is going to show on when you get behind the kit. You may not realize that's what you're giving out to the audience, but everything that you do the day before, I feel like it 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 navigates to how the next day is going to going to entail, and mm-hmm. that 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 includes like exercising and what you eat, all of those things, all of those things. So I don't know. I I just you know um, I'm just a quiet. I just like to I like to enjoy myself in in, in my own way and. If, 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 you know, if it's a vibe where we're celebrating, we're listening to music or we're doing something cohesive, um, then I'll, I'll be in that moment. But for the most part, I just, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely introvert. I like to be home. I like to be, you know, um, I like to be working. I'm, I'm a creative. I like to figure out, you know, how to, how to make the next creation. So sometimes it's hard to do that if you're in a room and you have all these energies that you're around. So by me being an empath, I'm absorbing everybody that I'm all the energies that surround me. So if somebody come to me and they like, man, I had a down day, then I'm it's gonna make me try to come down to try to, you know, encourage them. But you know, it's it's like me trying to pull somebody else up. So all those energies that I'm around, or if somebody's excited and hyper, then I'm it's gonna then I'm gonna feel like I need to be hyper to match to match yeah. their, you know, their energy. So it's like all those different vibes that I had to take that I'm taking in and it's draining. It, it, it is. I, from what I understand, uh, an extrovert is somebody that that gets energy by being around other people and that interaction. It feeds them. Where mm-hmm. being an introvert, you can be an extrovert. You can you can act like an extrovert, uh, mm-hmm. but it can be draining. And there's people I travel with, and you know I find my space when I feel like it's appropriate to be around. And then sometimes you know. Uh, go find my own space to to take a walk or whatever. And 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 as I get to know people, they get to know me and know and 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 I I explain this in such a way so they they know not to take offense to it. Hey, listen, I know you guys are all going to go out for lunch before sound check, but I'm going to go to find a gym or take a walk. Please don't. That's no reflection on 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 my relationship with you. It's it's kind of it 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 feeds my it charges my battery so that I can be more present for you and the show and everything like that. And I'm just a, I'm just a happier person. Uh, it, and, and so I, I, it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you brought that up. And I want to say overall transparency, that's the main thing. You were able to realize what you needed and you had that conversation Yeah, and that's commendable. And that's for all these that's advice that I would give just being transparent because nobody's going to know that you're offended if you don't say anything. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> nobody's going to know. They're going to think you're a weirdo, you know, if you don't never say anything. So I think that's, that's one of the things that I've learned. I needed to start opening up my mouth and just like, like what you did. You was like, it ain't, it ain't no offense. You know, yeah. nobody's doing anything that I don't like. I just need to, you know, get grounded. And for me, for, to, to give off, if, if if people that come to my to the show and they say that they feel a certain way or get a certain energy, for me to do that, I feel like I need to do certain things. Yeah. So I can so yeah. so I can so that so that can be achieved, and and I'm I'm steady ground trying to ground myself every day, because like when you go even in in a room to perform, that's energy that's energy circulating all around even before you hit the stage stage. 
and, and if and I feel like if I'm not grounded and I let some people they come in and their energy is low, you know what I'm saying? And, and, or it's off. And if I let if I'm not ground, I feel like if I'm not grounded and I let that, that those energies, you know, get into me, it's going to affect what I do on stage. Because as you know, when you plan when you perform in the show, it depends on the genre. Sometimes when you're playing in in venues and people are sitting down versus standing up, you're gonna have it's gonna affect how you how you play. If you're playing in a venue and it's not like a theater situation where that's the vibe with people sitting down like they're watching a movie. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's gonna make you like not be as animated, but when you're playing and everybody's rocking out, it makes you wanna just be animated and rock out too. Because it's it's an it's an energy exchange. Right, right, right. I know that you, you you were you you were raised in the church. You you learned music in the church. Mm-hmm. That history and your faith is a a big part of who you are. How has your faith informed the direction of your career and the decisions that you've made to this point? Wow, that's a very good question. You know, I remember coming up in church, and 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 when you're young. They say you do things as a as a as a as a youngster, you know, <laughs> you know, you just you're trying to figure it out. And I didn't I didn't really start appreciating. It. They say you don't really appreciate the things that you were taught until you get older. So now that I'm, I'm you know coming into a certain stage in my career, I can appreciate what was instilled in me. So now, listening to those specific gospel songs and it, like that that and told told the environment that I may not have understood. Certain things that I, 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 um, I did take in because I became a born again Christian as, as a young teenager. So I was on that on that pathway and then I strayed away. You know, I feel like, you know, once you get, you know, grown, you start experiencing life on your own. Then that's when you, 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 you know, you have to make some decisions. Oh, yeah. I grew up at a strict church foundation where, you know, I grew up Pentecostal and everything outside of gospel was secular music. And we, we, we were told it was a no, no to listen to. And so, you know, I had that part that I had to figure out because eventually I would find out about jazz drummers and other genres that I eventually wanted to, wanted to you know, get involved in. And I felt like my gifts were going to be bigger than the church. Like, I felt like, like the creator didn't just want me to play in the church setting. And that was a really, that was a really tough um, situation at the time because growing up Pentecostal where you was told, like, if I listen to, you know, Michael Jackson or any any other things outside of um, the whiners, which are gospel, you know, singers and that whole aesthetic, then I was I was a sinner. You know, what I'm so oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just had to figure out eventually. I need to get my own, find my own relationship with the Creator, God. You know, I'm a believer, so you know, I believe in God and the Son Jesus Christ. So I had to once I realized that it's not the music; it's just me find a relationship with the creator above that really helped me navigate through my career. And, and even, even when I strayed away and I started, you know, getting more into like, you know, worldly activities or, you know, just straying away from certain things, you know, cause it's like, we all make decisions. And even before we make those decisions, you know how you see those, those comics and they have the, 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 the angel on one side and the devil on one side. Right. Yeah. I feel like we have we 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 have moments we have a choice, and I feel like before before we make a lot of business decisions in our career or just life decisions, that that voice comes to us. Yes. If you do that, 
that's going to affect the next decision. So we have a choice. So I've been on both sides of the, of the fence where that voice came in and I, I ignored it. And I made a decision that was, you know, I thought it was good at the time, but it was just a bad look. And I just learned that what I learned that um, relationships are everything, as you know. Yeah. On all levels, not just in, like in a, in a relationship when it's you and your spouse or your, your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever your situation is, but when you build relationships with, with companies and just with everybody in general, because you don't know who that person knows. And, you, you know, if, if, if the relationship is good, then it may foster something that could be helpful to your career yeah. and, and you moving, moving higher. And that's what I learned, you know, when I started trying to, you know, get endorsements, going to the NAM and PACER conventions. But to make a long story short, now I'm, the stage where I'm at now in my career, I'm definitely relying on the, on the creator above to help me navigate because we just came out of a freaking pandemic. Yeah, yeah. You know, people were losing their lives and, and um, you know, it was just it was just a difficult time. And, and I had some anxieties and some things that I was I had to face. I feel like we were forced to stay home and deal with our stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh-oh, so very much so. A lot of a lot of, you know, traumatic things. That. Some of us dealt with whether we had um, therapy or not. We were faced to like look at a mirror. We had a look in the mirror moment all over the world. You well, know? Daru, so, you're you're talking about something that maybe was a little less comfortable to speak up about is mental illness and these things that uh, now uh, have become normalized. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that when we look back on the pandemic and and we're always trying to find the silver lining, and I feel like that's one of them, is that this idea that mental illness is okay and to talk about it is okay. And, um, to talk in, and so it's be, this conversation has become normalized and I, and I, I have not dealt with it to an extreme, uh, personally, but I have people that I love dearly that have mm. dealt with it. And so to have these open conversations about that, I think is really good. And it's moving the needle forward. Um, you know, we're talking on a Wednesday uh, in the last week of March um, and we're in Nashville. And yesterday we dealt with a horrific tragedy in our town. And, and it's yeah, like, it's, it's man. difficult to talk about. And, and I'm sorry, but it, it we need to talk about these kinds of things. And yeah, that's, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you, that's spot on. And, 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 and just for us as musicians that are out on the field. So now when I would just be praying just to get me through the day. So now I got to pray before I go into the gig, which I would normally do. So just the way that, the you know, things are now, that's, that is um, tra- traumatic for us musicians that have to be out in the field and be in the public. We're going into these venues you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's been some tragic things that happen overseas and even in, even in the States, you know, and it's just, man, we, 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 we have to find ways that we can lift each other up because people that are not entertainers, they don't understand the other, the other side, other side. They just, they just did. They hear the music. They hear the, they see the vibes. They go home about their business, but there's a lot of things that we got to deal with even before we hit the stage. The stage yeah. is like almost the easiest part of the, of the, of the, of the gig, but it's the pregame negotiating, making sure that, you know, you're getting taken care of and sorted out. And it's all these different levels and layers, but 
like you said, the mental, the mental thing. And, and, and I wanted to add on when I was talking about, you know, the pandemic kind of made us have a man in the mirror or a female, whatever, you know, man, female child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we're looking at ourselves, and, um, you know, I had some, I had developed anxiety. Like after I lost my father in 2017, I remember I was on tour in Europe with an artist. I got the news that he had cardiac arrest and I just was trying to rush. They put me on three flights to get back. And it was some of the most terrible, you know, um, um, turbulence. And I was already anxious because I, my, my, my pops, they had him on the breathing machine. So I developed anxiety. And from just from that, it, it, it was hard for me to get on planes and travel again. Oh my gosh. I, I'm so, you know sorry. what I'm saying? And, and, and my, like where I'm at in my career, a lot of my job required me to get on flights. Yes. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be a musician in, in, in the 21st century and be afraid to fly. Exactly. So to, to, the, to the extent of, this may even be the first time I'm sharing this, to the extent of where I would take the, the bus to go places where I would normally fly. And it, it was crazy. It was crazy. I would take the bus. I took the bus to New York a few times and I had to be low profile, you know, just because, you know, I didn't want people to recognize who it was. But that's where anxiety, you know, that's what I suffered. But during the pandemic, I did. I took therapy. That's something that I've never done in my career. I took therapy on some things that I was dealing with that I had, you know, happened, you know, through, through my lifetime that I didn't even realize until I had some friends. They pointed out some, they, well, I had a, a different, I mean, we were talking and, and she, 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 she had therapy before and she realized that I need some, I need to have some things I need to work out. And that pandemic allowed me to do that because yeah. as you know, when when we were when, post pandemic, we were ripping and running. We were just moving around. It was we didn't we didn't we didn't know how to sit down. <laughs> we didn't know how to sit down. So the, the pandemic really forced us, you know, to sit down, go within, you know, recharge and 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 just refocus on what life is, you know, all about and and, and how to treat your brother, your sister. It just, it just it just gave us a whole new narrative. Now that things opening back up, we can appreciate live shows <laughs> a little bit more. Very, very much so, and I, I see that in the reaction of the audiences. Um, and and Daru, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing that that perspective, and I hope that resonates with our listeners uh, who are maybe considering uh, taking that path or finding answers. I also feel like the pandemic, and I know this is this is about you, but hopefully someone can relate to this. I feel like my values mm-hmm. have shifted. Since we all were forced to take a break and reevaluate our values mm-hmm. and what it is that we wanted from yes, life, sir. that now when I'm doing gig, like I'm deciding, I don't want to work with this person. Life is too short, uh, or I don't want to do this kind of gig, or this is where I want to focus my energies. And so again, trying to find that silver lining uh, because you're talking about pre-pandemic, you guys are just running, running, running. Everybody's just doing mm-hmm. the best they can and just you know, plugging away and, and very little time to stop and rest and reflect. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember giving some tips, I think on, on Sarah's show or maybe another, another podcast that I was on, but just giving some tips on what we can do as artists, you know, to stay grounded. And um, when we sometimes overseas or we traveling, reach out to your family yeah. or people that make you feel 
you know, where you can you can relax and talk because while you're on a road, some personal things you just can't talk to your bandmates about or you don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just if you got a, your siblings or your family around, reach out to them while you're going overseas and or it can be a friend or a community or whatever it is. Make sure you do that. And that 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 can sometimes help you get through the show, because sometimes when we miles and miles away from home, we get homesick. We may not want to we, we may not want to um, admit it, but we get homesick and then we realize we start trying to do things to make 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 ourselves feel good. Some things may be good for you. Some things that may not. It, it may affect. It may. It may affect that performance for the exactly. night or the next be day. Be very dangerous. So you just gotta. You know, it's all about having a balance. It doesn't matter what you do. Just have a balance. Sometimes, um, you just gotta know when it's the limit. That's what happens. People get lonely. They try to do these things to make them happy, and then they overexert in it, and sometimes it takes them out of out of, out of off the planet. Yeah. No, that we yeah, we could spend all day citing examples of that. It's amazing. <laughs> I think I think MTV did a whole or VH1 did a whole series on that behind the, you know, behind the Yeah. One of the main things that I learned in church and what they would try to say is it's how you live and you don't have to wear a sign on your back to say that you're a believer. Yeah. You can just walk, talk, and the energy that you possess, if it's positive or upbeat, all of those things, you know, and, and just showing love. We all need love and God is love, right? Yeah. So we sometimes we go into different rooms and we we meet people for the first time. That's not the time to be stuck up or be looking like this guy is not black or this guy is not white. I don't want to talk to him. You, you know, you have to be able to adapt to, to all various situations. Yes. People, some people may, some people may not speak English. They may speak another language. But it's but but having trying to show God's love is. Just find a way to adapt, and and that goes with playing drums. Depending on the drummer that you that that you want to be, if you want to be a versatile drummer, when you go into jam sessions, you go into a room sometimes and you playing with complete strangers, and yeah. within that short four minute jam, you need to you know you know if you want the jam to be good, you wanna you wanna make sure you're having a conversation with people that's around you and being comfortable because that's the energy that you're gonna you know put out. If you have an attitude, you play with a musician and you don't like how they look or whatever, it's going to show. It's going to show your performance. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So having that, having that spiritual side, and, and I'm, I'm definitely on that, just more so trying to just show it in my actions, not so much like wearing it on my, on my, on my clothes. And, and under the same token, we're all humans. I make mistakes. I'm definitely not perfect. I make mistakes, Some, you know, daily but i'm striving daily to to make the right decisions mm-hmm. and make the right choice and that's all we can do so i just um at the end of the day just trying to find ways you know to to show god's love on stage and off stage and whether it be like me taking a photo with somebody or taking a moment just to talk to somebody and say thank you that's showing love that goes a long way with people because you never know what that person is going through and and, and i've seen this happen at the plan, like even shows over playing shows overseas. We just we did a Pacific Ram tour um with you know with Jack and we went to some places that we've never that I never went to, but those people they were very gracious and they were just happy to be able to, to say that they came outside and they saw us get on a tour bus. Yeah. I said I I, I agree. I, I I got out, I I shook people's hands and 
that went a long way because some of those places are third third war third war countries, and they don't you know the living conditions are not as comfortable as it is in the states. Right. So that brought them joy. I love it. I love it. I and, and yeah, I mean, because again, like you mentioned, you don't know what that person's going through, and and to and to have the ability to extend that joy and that grace to that person. What a, what a superpower, man. What a superpower. Man. Yeah. So it's not, so I don't, t- I don't, I, I try, you know, I don't take any credit. I just want to continue to be the vessel, you know, and like I said, I'm not perfect. We all, we know, we all make decisions, but I'm striving every day to, to do better and, 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 and bring us all together because all we have is one life. And we, yeah. you know, and 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 and, and the, the thing about the music game is, people they they get, I don't know why they feel like all that jealousy and all that stuff. There's so many opportunities, especially for drummers nowadays, because a lot of people they're bringing live instrumentation back into the live shows. You know what I'm saying? Like even if even yeah. if the drummer is playing electronic drums, we're getting opportunities. So it's it's if 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 the rock if you feel like the rock drummers, all the positions are filled. There's another city. You know, you can travel. This, this is a globe. There's so many opportunities. So it ain't no, it's no need for people to be backbiting and, and, and being jealous because we all have our time and we can only do one gig at a time. If you have a good relationship with me and I can't do a gig, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass a gig to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be everywhere at once. And, and that's the thing. Uh, I, I feel like Nashville is kind of a microcosm of all that. It it really is. It's like there's so much talent and yet the opportunities are there as well. So um, when I see other amazing players and at this point in my life, young guys half my age, guys and girls half my age that are just sounding amazing, I feel more inspired by that than I used to. You know, I feel less intimidated and more inspired by it. And and boy, it, that gives you peace of mind because <laughs> that's yes. just the frame of mind that that feeds it. Well, let me ask you, um, you know, building upon the idea of being unique and having your own voice as far as the way you play, the way you dress, the way you look like this is such an important thing. This was an important thing. Uh, in the way, in, in in where you grew up, the music you were listening to, that was an important thing to like. So now you have this thing. People know you by the way you set up your drum set, uh, your hat collection, um, <laughs> <laughs> all these things. And so, so, so like, like this is my thing. And, um, but then you see y- your this identity like you you're 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 influencing other players to do this Um, how does that make you feel because uh, the reason i ask that is it's like well i'm creating my own identity this is me i'm not trying to be you and don't be me and yet here i have a thing and i'm working with pdp and i'm working with all these companies and we're creating this brand and to inspire so I'm like, how does that work? And how does that make you feel when people want to be like Daru Jones? They want to set up their drums like oh, Daru, man. you know? Um, does that, does that, do you feel like you're, you're passing on this concept of 
identity as opposed to don't be like me, be you, but I'm here to inspire. Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm overly honored and humbled. Um, one of the things that I learned in church is be your best, do your best, live your best. So I definitely credit the church because that's, you know, God wants, 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 wants your best. You know, he don't want 80, he wants 100%. So I just learned to try to bring that in everything that I was doing. So I definitely credit the church for that. Um, by me coming into being influential is so bizarre to me because, you know, I, on a reverse side, I just remember being influenced by my heroes, such as Benny Caliuta, you know, Steve Gadd and the list goes on, Omar Keem and all those guys, when I got exposed to different genres, you know, it's, it's surreal. Even me being able to call up Benny Caliuta, who's a Benny Caliuta, who's one of my biggest heroes, yeah. a certain part of my career, and I just wanted to, you know, do everything like him. But that's what, you know, as kids, we 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 have super, you know, we have people that we idolize. Superman, whoever your hero is, you want to be like them. So it's just it's surreal to be on opposite side of, of, of the field and and I definitely want to pass on the next generation. And I'm thankful, you know, to, to to people that are in positions like my heroes that are like, you know, cheering me on. It's it's, it's humbling looking up to them and want to get one to get that co-sign. It like I remember Vinny when I when we started building our brotherhood, he said I reminded them how when they when they came up back in a certain era where those drummers they all listened to. They all may listen to Tony Williams and the Pacific drummers, but they didn't want to sound alike. <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to, they wanted to have their own interpretation of what they heard, take the influence and find out their own way of, of doing it versus nine days. You know, it's like people want to go the easy route. They see what works for you. Oh, I can do that. And it just became this competition of people just, just trying to keep their lights on or, but it's like, to have longevity in this game, I learned that one day I need to get my own thing and my own identity, okay. especially with the goals that I wanted to have. And this is not for everybody. Every Some people's goals, they might just want to be the machine. They might want to just be the guy that can read charts and, and, and play. But for the, the goals that I want to have, I want to be able to, like my heroes that played on classic albums, Steve Gadd, they, they leaving a mark on this world because the, the records that they played on are classic material that's going to be here when we when we deceased or 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 alive. Yeah. So you know, um, just to see that influence passed down, it 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 would be a disservice to me to not want to see who the next generation is and pass it on, because that's how the that's how those music and those genres stay alive. This yeah. coincides with this coincides with sampling. I remember when sampling came around when the different producers, they would sample jazz or whatever the genre was. The, the, when, when some of the original composers would find out that their music was sampled, they, they either, you know, took the, like, okay, I'm, I'm humble, or they, you know, did a lawsuit or whatever the case may be. But little, a, a, a lot of times they didn't know those producers were actually helping people find out about them and their records. If it wasn't for people sampling, Funkadelics and George Clinton, I would have never even knew the song because I grew up Pentecostal. So okay. I didn't even find out. Yeah. I didn't even find out who the original comp composer was until the stories came down the line. I just knew 
that was, you know, uh, uh, that that George Clinton line was a popular thing that was being sampled. Bob James or whoever, so on and so forth. So right. I think it's it's very important to pass pass, you know, see who the next generation is and pass it on, but also encourage them that we all have something unique. We had to go within and find out what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got on this call today. You don't have the same outfit that I have on. We don't even look the same. You know what I'm saying? So you took out today to make your your organic, unique look. That's the same thing we that that is that it, it would be great if we can apply overall to our life and even on the drum kit. It's cool to be inspired by your elders, but you don't just want to be, you know, um, rip off somebody's entire DNA because we all we all build differently. We all we we come in different shapes, different colors. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I, I just think um, some some drummers, they go their entire career and they never find out their own unique powers. I, I find that very inspiring. And uh, I, I have tended to be the kind of person that wants to find out what's needed and adapt to a fault. And uh, finding my own voice has been only recently a thing of value. And I feel inspired by the people I've interviewed and friends that I have that have a voice on their instrument in a unique way that I feel like has uh, worked really well for them. And, and, and um, you're such a great example of that. And you mentioned someone like Gad, like he's someone that when you hear him the way his drums are tuned, or even Tony Williams for that matter, you know exactly who it is. And the power that comes along with that unique identity uh, is, is, is amazing. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Well, to, to add on to that, I remember, um, even hearing when you would bring up certain drummers' names, and then I, I I would hear them say, "Well, you gotta you gotta go check out who who inspired and influenced them." Yeah, because <laughs> you, you you like Mitch Mitchell. God God bless you know you he's, go. he's, he's he's passed yeah. on Mitch Mitchell. Some of them casters listen to Clash Stubblefield. Yeah, funky drummer or certain El, Elvin Jones. Elvin Jones. But they played yeah. in a, they played in a rock they played in a rock setting. So. Yeah. It it just it just they just took what they what they could from this person and they fused it all in together and then they brought their own they found a way to bring their own personality and I think that's 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 how you push things forward. I don't think it's anything wrong. I cut you off. I don't think it's anything wrong with people, you know, idolizing because I did it as a kid. But it's like when you grow up and you start paying your own bills, you come into a manhood. At some point, <laughs> you ought to want to grow into your <laughs> grow up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To figure out because <laughs> you you you. you you start a family, you know what I'm saying? You, you have offsprings, you know, and you, you pay your own bills. So that's the same thing as, as a drummer. I feel like you ought to want to, you know, grow as, at some point. At some point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. And and and, and like I mentioned uh, before, there's all these people I always looked up to. But then now I find I can look up to young players that are doing things and seeing the world from a, a different perspective and uh making me consider an approach that i hadn't considered before and and it's it's i love it it's just it's it's it really feeds feeds me when did you move to nashville so i moved to nashville i will say I, I was post like in town 2015 and that's when we wrapped up the lazaretto tour 
um that's Jack White's second solo record. Yeah. And we wrapped up um in the spring. We did Coachella and a and a few other things like in this early or mid spring. So yeah, around that around that time. Around okay. that time. Okay. Yep. Is there anything about Nashville that's that that was surprising to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. When I first moved to Nashville, I thought it was going to be a certain thing. And it was, it, I, I don't, I don't want to say it was a total opposite, but it wasn't what I, what I thought, okay. you know, coming from like New York to here and with all the credentials and things, the success that I had, you know, originally I wanted to come to Nashville, you know, to bring, to bring a vibe. And I remember I, 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 I was inspired by my bandmate who transitioned. His name is Ike Owens. Ike Owens was in Jack's touring band. He played the he played the keyboards and organs. And um, he's from Long Beach. We would come to Nashville and rehearse. And we was like, man, Nashville kind of got a vibe. And we, our goal was to come to Nashville and, and try to see if Jack would allow us to bring a soul division for Third Man because. At the time, it seemed like he was only producing like alternative and rock. And we was like, man, let's, we should move to Nashville and try to bring some soulful hip hop vibes to the scene. So we, I can move first. Yeah. And, and um, right before I was able to make my, my move, I, he, he, he passed away while we were on tour okay. 2014 in October. I think October was, was the, 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 um, the month that he passed away when we were, we were touring in Mexico. And I was like, man, I I I I, I, I was discouraged because I like the whole mission was for me to move here for us to bring the soul, you know, thing and hip hop to the community. But also, um, by me wanting to be a genre bending drummer, I was like, man, I saw that Nashville had a huge rock and country scene, which something that I've always wanted to to to, to dive into. And by me playing to playing with Jack, I was like, man, this. Rock and roll is dope. I want to do some more rock sessions, and, and I also want to get into country. So I thought Nashville would be great for my career, and 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 and, and adding another genre to you know to something that I can, you know that I've done. Yeah. So that was one of the things you know coming. I've done some country sessions. I've worked with Sturgill Simpson. So on the positive side, it was it was I, I'm glad that I was able to 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 do some of those sessions, and I was embraced. But you know, the different ones in the community like Rich Redman. And but you know, um, I still felt like I had to start over from ground zero because like like I said, when I came here from New York, I've already done some cool things, I felt like in my career you know, and politics, but I feel like, you know, everybody that that, that was here, they already had certain things locked down. Country guys had yeah. to have to, you know those sessions, you know, so it was like, I didn't want them to think I was trying to come here to take anybody's job, but I, I sometimes felt, um, let's just keep it positive. I just, it just wasn't what I thought I was going to be. I just thought I would come down here. Sure. I'd be able to move around. I ended up having to build my, build new families and new communities and, and, and go to the jam sessions, meet people, you know what I'm saying? And, one of the things that I brought to the community was the drum DJ drumming along with live, with live DJs. That's something that yeah. I, would, I, I did and did in New York. Also Pittsburgh when I lived in that area. Um, and there's a collective here that does events once a month. They used to do another event called boom bap, which, you know, 
boom bap is a term that is 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 I'm um, categorized with like '90s production. Okay. So they had they would have a bit that they would do once a month. They would bring a guest DJ, a known celebrity DJ in. But anyway, to make a long story short, I, I was able to build friendships with that DJ community, and they they would do an event at at this venue called the Five Spot. Yeah. The name of the venue the, the, the name of the event was called Funky Good Time. And what was so dope about Funky Good Time is they played music from like all the Motown and James Brown era. So oh, I was able to like, you know, play along to like Funky Drummer and all those, you know, it was like, it's like a house party in a club, but not catered to like, um, a, like a, well, I, I won't even say that. When you, when you hear people saying that they DJs, the music is different now. They playing more of EDM, more like, you know, a certain aesthetic, but this sure. specific event, funky good time. And that's 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 a term, you know, from James Brown. So they would play music from like that entire, you know, that um that decade of music, you know what I'm saying? So it was just cool yeah. to be able to play along. So that's something that I brought to Nashville. Then I started, you know, doing some other cool sessions. I got I got a chance to work with Glory Gaynor. Um, she did an inspirational um gospel album here. So what I what I've learned that Nashville is not just country and rock and roll. There's no. other things here happening in Nashville. And now that that you know um, we're back outside during a the pandemic, there was a lot of new builds and it's a lot of people moving here from other cities. So I feel like now is a good time that people that are implants we're looking, you know, for these communities where we can go and go to like a soul night, you know what I'm saying, or a hip hop night. So I feel like it's a lot more of those those things happen, happening now. So. Nashville's cool now. It's cool. It's gotten a lot better. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I moved down here from Columbus, Ohio, and and I dragged my wife down here, and you know, in two thousand, and she's like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can hang. You know, I give this two years, but she's fallen in love with it, and it is, it has changed quite a bit, and definitely for the better. And and uh, yeah, places like the Five Spot it, it has mm-hmm. been great, and y- there's just so much. But also, it really brings up a, an, a great point because, like, here's someone like you that is just well established in the industry, coming to the town. You still had to find your voice. You still had to find my family. <laughs> there's, there's there's terms like the good old boy club that was thrown around a lot when I first moved here in 2000 and. Um, it's a, it's a lot more open and receptive to different people and different genres and stuff like that more so, uh, I think than ever. And we just kind of stay on this trajectory of, of, uh, uh, you know, more good music, more good musicians and just like, bring it, man. It's, it's so great. Like we said before, there's a lot of people that there's the opportunities are also growing as well. Um, so, Hey, I saw Rich Redman this morning. He goes to my Y. He says, hello to you. Oh, that's my brother. That's my brother. Oh, I also want to say one of the things that I, 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 I really like about Nashville is they have a freaking drum community. Yeah. I'm saying, which is, that's rare. You know, as you know, when you go to different cities, there's clicks. It's like, Mm -hmm. can't be down with that crew because, you know, every people feeling threatened. But one thing I can say about Nashville, as far as the drummers, there's definitely community. They have events here, you know, that brings drum, the drummers together. So I'm really thankful, you know, to regardless of any beefs, because you know, it's still, it's still, it's still those different frequencies. But I, I would say that the, that the drummers do get together in fellowship, which is very commendable. So I, that's that's very dope. 
That's right. Yeah. You don't really see that. You don't see that much. You don't see it often. Anytime, uh, even before the podcast, if I needed to reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I've got a question about your setup or I've got a question about a technique thing that I saw you do that I, I, I don't know if you give lessons, but can we jump on a call or can I come over? And people are like, yeah, come over anytime. You want to meet for coffee? You want to meet for breakfast? Come over, you know, on me, whatever. It's always been that way. I I used to go when I when I when I first moved here, there was a couple session players that would say, Hey, I talked to the engineer if you want to come and hang on the session and watch. It's it's really great. I just want to say that um I understand because being like you said, you moved here in, in 2000s, you have some people that's been on the scene for years and they had to work so hard to get they to get in that position. So it's just like I understand both sides of it. So I don't always take offense if, 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 if people are feeling a little territorial because, you know, it's like we work this hard and we want to keep our gig. We don't want no newbie and come, coming in trying to, you know. So I just want to say that I understand. It. And it's, it's no diss. I just feel like, you know, there's enough work, enough opportunities that we all can, we can spread it around. So that's just something that I wanted to add. I want to say no that's I love that and and just your your first of all your talent but also your your energy and your positivity I think allows people to consider something in you that maybe they wouldn't have if your attitude was different you know <laughs> so so Appreciate that they're, they're in take the take, take the lesson from let me ask you do you have a solo record you you're working on anything in the future that we can expect Yes, I'm finally, I'm finally, finally, finally working on like an official solo project. Now I've done projects before, you know, whether they were collaborations through my yeah. my my record label, Music Records, and um, I have a project with my sister Rena Tamarina. Yeah, and it's Darwinina. We have a new record that's that hopefully is we on the finishing stages. Um, and 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 it's been a decade since we put out a, a, a record. I'm really excited about this project. But yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm saving songs through, throughout the throughout like the past five years or, or so and i'm finally compiled it and i'm just trying to figure out you know um definitely a solo project coming i don't want to give too many secrets away but i'm excited that now that i have time that i'm off tour with jack i can focus on some of my own endeavors because as you know when, when we when we when we're on tour we're giving our time and energy to that artist it's not whatever we have going on ourselves it's you know, to, to the back. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about, about this solo record. And um, that's all I can say for now. If people want to kind of find a discography and, and these projects, can they go to a website, go to your website and find a lot of these projects? Yes, they can go to my website, Rusic Records, R-U-S-I-C records.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Daru Jones, D A R U yeah. Jones. And um, everything I have connected to my bio link called Linktree. Um, I don't know if this is what's going to be one of your questions, but it is one of the things that I want to I want to celebrate is this book. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Was this was was this one of your questions? Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask you. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'll let you ask the question. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, so Daru, you have a new book. <laughs> Tell me about the new book. <laughs> hey, man, okay, let me do my job. The name of the book is called Daru Jones, 
<laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I'm like the interviewer and interviewee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to go out for a bike. I'm just going to hit bad. record. I'll be back. I'll be back. And, uh, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, man. No, it's all good. We, we need you. We need to have them different voice tones. You don't need everything to sound like one person. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll, yeah. just I'll, I'll overdub some yes and mm-hmm. Everyone's <laughs> like I'm here, but you just talk. You just talk, my friend. So that, that's what happened. That's what happened when you're introverted. When you when you finally get a chance to speak, you just go. You long you get long. With it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, no, tell us about this. So, uh, Daru Jones play the breaks live from Layman Deluxe Edition. Yeah, so Layman is a studio in Nashville, which oh, this is although this is an audio, and we we're recording this on Zoom, so you can see the picture. Uh-huh. So Layman is a studio, and it, it used to be a drug company, a pharmacy, and right. and, and yeah, and and the guy um, Will he turned it into a, to a recording studio. It's right across the street from Forks Drum Shop. Okay, and it's it's such a killing building, man. Like I remember falling in love when I went in. And I saw the floor; it looked like. It looked like Cubert because it's like, like if you know the game Cubert, yeah, and um, you know with the different, you're showing your, you know, the, yeah, of course, yeah, I know exactly, exactly, like a parquet floor, or you, know, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, Cubert. That room is so killing, and and um, I had started working in that studio a lot, recording for various projects when they were send tracks virtually, and I was like, man, I want to just, I want to, I want to do a, um, a discography. And it's pretty much the book is it, it, it came out as an audio book first, was available on compact disc. And the insert included a booklet, which is a small size, like a CD size. But the original, the original concept of this, I wanted to make it a book with a vinyl, with a small 12 inch vinyl. But as you know, as you may not know, um, it's really hard to get the, the turnarounds for getting vinyl printed up. They're, they're so behind. And it, it, you, it could take years before you can get, it depends on, like, if you a major label and you got some politics working, you may be able to push push it faster, but that was a dilemma. So I just ended up putting it on, on compact disc. But yeah, so the place breaks, I'm just basically, basically giving stories with the artists that I was recording on. I'm playing the original patterns. So like Lazaretto, which is, is a Pacific pattern that I play, played on, for Jack White's solo second solo record, it's the title track. I'm actually playing the original pattern, and I'm giving the story on where the where that pattern that I played on where it was inspired. So it's it's a lot of tracks with my various collaborators and artists that I work with, and the book is just a written down format. And then I have these illustrations that were done through the years, you know, by various illustrators. So wow. it's like it's like. A, a, a child could enjoy this book just for the illustrations. My brother D, he he, he composed this this um, intro illustration. I love it. It's beautiful. So it's really cool. Um, and then the bonus content interview was with Marissa Sport. She owns a publishing company called Gen Z, and they actually helped me publish this book. So now I'm, I'm an author. And shout out to Marissa Sports. She basically, um, when, when I did the audio CD, it just came out on that format. And Marissa, we did an interview. She wanted to get a little bit more insight because each each of the breaks that I'm planning on, they're really short. They're like maybe no more than a minute, giving very short story, very short stories over 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 
these breaks that's only a minute. Rich is like, man, it would be cool if we can just go and get a little bit more insight that's not on the audio. So that's where she comes in. So the book, it has a written down um, paragraph on what I said on audio. And then there's another, there's some other like parentheses, uh, you know, additional um, information that I didn't mention. So, and then there's also a video of this as well, where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of elaborating yeah. more on the different stories. So this is available. We have it available in the soft cover in a hardcover, which I just received, and it's so killing. Yeah, This makes it official when you get that hardcover book. It's like, oh, man, I, 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 I'm not saying I made it, but I, I, did, I did something cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you know, but, we'll, um, have, we'll have links in the show notes to, uh, to your website, uh, to, to, the, uh, to all these things, and then people can find the book. They can find these other recordings that you're talking about. Let me ask you, I got, um, I got one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Who haven't you played with yet, but would love to, or uh, who would you like to play with? This could be living or someone that's passed on. That would be a dream to work with. Okay, living D'Angelo, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Sting, Stevie Wonder, um, Chaka Khan. Yeah. Um, I want to work with Anderson Pac. Although he's he's a drummer, I still want to work with him. Mm-hmm. I think I can bring some some other funk to what he's doing. Shout out to Anderson Pac in the Free Nationals. Um, passed on Frank Zappa. There you go. There you go. Chick Corea was a huge fan of of, of man. Electric Man, Rita Franklin, um, Bill Withers. Oh, right, right. James Brown, of course. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just, just a few. Just a few. That's yes, just sir. a few. Yeah. Well, that's that that works pretty well, man. You know what? Just to add, I, I want I, I actually want to work with a gospel artist. I want to like I want to work with like finders, like the like somebody that's still living, the classic, like Well, and, and being in Nashville, I mean, you know, that that that's there's a strong possibility of that that happening, you know. I feel like our 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 uh, our connection is getting a little funky here, but um, but but, man, this is this has been amazing. I I'm I know I'll probably run into you at some point. I I see a lot of things over at the five spot that I want to go uh, see, and I see you there. Uh, we have some mutual friends. Um, you know whether it's Rich. I know you met my friend Chad Patesnick. Uh, I think you were on his podcast a couple years ago. Uh, so uh. It's just such an honor to uh, speak with you here, man, and and uh, I, I'm so glad you're a part of this local community, and uh, and of course the drumming community in general, and the voice that you bring in uh, is so inspirational to to all of us in all genres and whatever we decide to do. But uh, but again, uh, more importantly, is your positivity and uh, all these things that. Uh, every human being can take away. And I I just appreciate your time and your insight uh, today that you've brought to us. Thank you so much, Matt. It's a mutual respect. I'm looking forward to meeting you as well, coming to your gig and watching you get get busy and get down. (laughs) Are you you on on the road, anybody right now? Are you playing anything local? 
Uh, I was I was on tour last year, and I left that to be home a little bit more. Uh, I'm okay. growing my home studio and uh, nice. working mostly local. I'm I'm at a point in my career where I'm kind of slowing down the the touring. Um, mm-hmm. I waited till my kids were almost grown to come home. Uh, I figure they're 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 uh, a little bit easier to deal with as teenagers. Uh, and I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I, <laughs> no, uh, I I I I've, I've it's 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 at a point now where at Nashville it, there's so much going on in town that it for me personally it it seems uh a place where i want to spend more time and energy in uh kind of growing uh things locally uh because technology is allowing us to work globally uh without having to travel so much now, that being said i was in san diego two weeks two weekends ago and i was in seattle this weekend uh, oh, wow. that's a rare wow. trip and i've got a couple of things coming up but not every weekend i i did that so yeah i feel very fortunate to to be in this community and to stay as busy as i have in in the mix of such uh such wonderful and beautiful talent yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I'm looking forward to cross paths. I'm 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 glad. Um, I can honestly say that I definitely fell in love with Nashville, you know, as of recently, and and um, it's a cool place to come home to. And 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 shout out to the drummer community and the undrummer community. Um, big shout out to Keith Carlock and Kelly and um, Rich, um, yeah. Sandy Gennaro. These are you know good friends of mine. And awesome. Yeah. There's so many I, I can mention. I don't want to leave anybody out, but. I'm thankful for those that embrace me that are from here and that are not from here. I really appreciate it because, like I said, you know, I just want to be an addition to the city. So I'm grateful for people like yourself. And, you know, I got love for, for those that got love for me back. And those that don't have love, I still have love for you from a distance. <laughs> but we can all, we, can, we, don't, we only have one planet, you know what I'm saying? We only have one life. So, you know, um, just don't, don't judge a book by its cover. And I'm glad you didn't. And that's why we're here today. And, give everybody a shot because sometimes you see people, you know, in a photograph or a video and that's not, that's not, it it can kind of give you a vibe of how they are, but you never, it's not until you meet them. So don't judge a book by its cover. Everybody's deserving of a chance and just give, just give me a chance. Just give us, you know, so yeah. Thanks for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Delru, I was a fan before, but I'm more of a fan now. So thank you for your time. All good. Daru, thank you again, and have a blessed day, my friend. Thank you, Matt. You too. Thanks for having me on your show. All right. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it, my conversation with Daru Jones. Uh, The connection got a little funky there towards the end, but uh, it was really fun to speak with him, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview with the amazing Cindy Blackman Santana. I'm looking forward to that. But for now, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Keep in touch, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.